Ah, good morning, Athens in Southeast Ohio. It's 9.08 and a half and uh, the 10th day of July. It's a Monday. Sixty-nine degrees outside our Columbus Road studios, and they say it's going to top out at, uh, I think, eighty-four today, and sunny all day long. Excuse me, had a cough there. Anyway, party line on the air on this Monday edition, and uh, Don Holbert's here. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, let's see here. We've got um, some good shows this week. Um, today, maybe not. But <laughs> <laughs> no, just joking. Anyway, tomorrow our topic will be the Athens County Public Library. And they're headquartered out in Nelsonville. And um, Becca Lockman's going to be joining us. Then on Wednesday, Southeast Ohio Youth Mentoring. Sounds like an interesting topic and... They do a number of good things, I'm sure. Jim Saltzman uh, and uh, Anna Ezel, Ezel, E-Z-E-L-L. Forgive me, Anna, or Anna. I may even be pronouncing that wrong. But uh, we'll, we'll find out for sure on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, our Dairy Barn Cultural Arts Center. That's our topic. And uh, Leah Mag- Magary. Magari, there we go, is the uh, executive director there. And, um, you know, Quilt National is, uh, I think, still going on. And, um, boy, that's a big deal. So, uh, but the Dairy Barn does many wonderful things. So that'll be our topic Thursday. Friday, again, a free-for-all just like today. All right. Oh, I forgot to silence my phone. Let me uh, take care of that right now so we don't get interrupted anymore. Um, let's see here. Okay, I think I did it. All right. Well, today, July 10th, and uh, once again, 69 degrees here, headed for an 84, uh, being our top hot temperature today. Historical events on this date of July 10th, over the many, many years, We go back to 1778, when on this date of July 10th, the American Revolution, uh, Louis, the, let's see here, that'd be the 16th, right? XVI, Louis the 16th of France declares war on the Kingdom of Great Britain. 1940, on this very date, the Battle of Britain begins as Nazi forces attack shipping convoys in the English Channel. 1985, on this date of July 10th, the French foreign intelligence agents blow up the Greenpeace boat. Hmm. Um, I think the name of that boat was the Rainbow Warrior. And this uh, explosion occurred in the Auckland Harbor, which is in New Zealand. And why? To prevent it interfering with French nuclear tests in the South Pacific. 
And uh, I guess a well-known Dutch photographer, Fernando Pereira, uh, was on the scene and, and died in that incident. 1991, Boris Yeltsin sworn in as the first elected president of the Russian Federation. Hmm. 2012, the American Episcopal, Episcopal Church becomes the first to approve a right for blessing gay marriages. On this date in 2012. All right, let's see. Famous birthdays. Well, a couple of these I'm going to need your help with, Don, I think. I'm sure, in fact. Um, let's see, in no particular order, um, Camille Passaro. Uh, he was born on this date in 1830. He died in 1903. Mr. Passaro. He was a Danish-French Impressionist and neo-impressionist painter born on the island of St. Thomas. His importance resides in his contributions to both Impressionism and post-Impressionism. Oh, okay. Uh, much more recent, um, having been born in 1856 on this date, uh, is it Nicola or Nicola? Do you know? I think it's Nicola. Okay, and his last name, Tesla, and that name we should know. Um, but he, bore, he, he died um, in 1943. What do you have? He was a Serbian-American inventor, electrical engineer, mechanical engineer, and futurist best known for his contributions to the design of the modern alternating current electricity supply system. Right, right. Um, going backwards into 1509, on this very date, John Calvin was born. Um, he made it to his 50s, I think. Um, he died in 1564. John Calvin. He was a French theologian, pastor, and reformer in Geneva during the Protestant Refor Reformation. He was a principal figure in the development of the system of Christian theology, later called Calvinism, including its doctrines of predestination and of God's absolute sovereignty in the salvation of the human soul from death and eternal damnation. And the last of the uh, four we have to mention in the way of famous birthdays, William Blackstone. Born on this date in 17, 1723, he died in 1780. I, we have, um, I don't know, some sort of picture here. And Mercy, uh, he has a lot of hair. <laughs> um, I mean, he has a lot of hair. And it's, um, in this picture at least, it's white. And Mercy, that'd be a lot to care for. William Blackstone. He was an English jurist, justice, and Tory politician, most noted for writing the Commentaries on the Laws of England, which became the best-known description of the doctrines of English law. Two famous deaths, and this first one, forgive me, I'm not familiar with. Um, and it was so long ago, they have sort of a concrete statue photograph. Hadrian? Hadrian? I don't know which it is. 
but he was born in uh, 76 AD, but died on this date in 138 AD. Hadrian, Hadrian, whichever. What is his background? He was a Roman emperor from 117 to 138. Uh, he was born in Italica, close to modern Seville in Spain, a small Roman municipium of Hispania Boctica formed by Scipio <laughs> as an Italic settlement. We're testing your pronunciation. I, just, I, I don't know. <laughs> and he was a member of the Nerva Antoine dynasty. And uh, the last to be mentioned, um, Henry II. Born on this date. No, 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 that's not true. Born in 1519, but died on this date in 1559. Not a real long life. Henry II. He was the king of France from 1547 until his death in 1559. He was the second son of Francis I and Duchess Claude of Brittany. He became Dauphin of France upon the death of his elder brother Francis in 1536. You know, there's a, a guy on TV a good bit, and uh, his show is normally on in the daytime, so I don't get to see much of it. <laughs> Dr. Phil, uh, we've had a number of mentions that I've not necessarily shared on the show, but it says our thoughts and prayers go out to him. Do you know what's, what that's all about? No. Is he dealing with a health issue or what? Dr. Phil. Um, uh, what's going on there? Oh, it says that his uh, sister-in-law passed away. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Um... Let's see here. I brought in a, a news report that I've come across that I think is kind of interesting, and I'm still learning how to use it. So um, I may find, because uh, it's just got a ton of information, but you have to go to all these different places to find it. So I'm still learning. Um. Let's see here. Okay. Now, these are just interesting items. So up in Canada, you know that thumbs up emoji? Yes. Okay. Now, once in a while, I'll get a note like from uh, the dog walker saying, I just walked the dogs. And I'll text her back with, a thumbs up, right? Well, a judge in Canada has ruled recently that emojis can be legally binding. I guess in this particular case, a farmer sent a thumbs up emoji after a buyer texted him a contract. The farmer claims he was just letting the buyer know he had received the text, but the judge ruled it was a valid signature and that he breached the contract by not fulfilling the order. Huh. I'll be darned. Yeah. And um, 
So you got to be careful with that stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, just be careful how you use emojis. Um, yeah. Uh, I was reading the rest of the story here, but there's nothing I that really adds to what I just mentioned already. Social media. Social media sins. Okay? Uh, and a according to this little report, it says these are the ten most common social media sins. Um, let's see. So, mercy, my phone's going nuts <laughs> here. Um, it's like as soon as 9 o'clock yeah. hits, they're like, all right, time to call. Yeah, I don't need that then. Okay, so if you get on social media, um, they're saying... Um, these are the most common social media sins. Number one, the highest ranking, arguing with random people. I do this. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It's fun. <laughs> well, they say 38% of the population has done it. I'm yeah. part of that 38%. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, um, arguing. I don't like to argue with people I do know. Leave alone. Well, yeah, I don't like arguing. Maybe well, it's easier with people. Yeah, it's easier know. on the Internet because you don't know random people. Yeah. Me, I like to stir the pot with stuff. Like, whatever is the opposite of what someone is like... Therefore, I'm going to be against okay. just to start, just to watch them get mad about it. This uh, is like, it's so like, you, you like angering people? Yes, uh, it's funny. Okay, well, especially on the internet, it, like not in like real life. Like <laughs> I like I try to like be courteous and stuff, but like yeah. when I'm on the internet, it's like people don't know who I am. Like I'll I'll stir the pot. I don't care. Well, by the way, just so we know, um, somebody surveyed three thousand and some people. And that's how they came up with these this list. So the most common thing is arguing with random people. 38% said they had done that. Um, number two, posting something when you were angry and then regretting it. I've done that a couple times. 29%. Number three, sending sexually provocative messages. 23%. Okay, this one I don't particularly like, but it says posting something you regretted while drunk. Okay. I know a lot of people that have done that. Well, I haven't. It's been years since <laughs> I've been drunk. And uh, I think I've been drunk three times in my life, and I've regretted each one of them. But anyway... Um, but but it wasn't during the days of social media. Well, yeah, yeah. For me. Anyway, 22% of the uh, people that were um, 
studied or participated in this study said they had done that. Number five, leaving mean or abusive comments on someone's post. It too was 22%. Posting a photo of or video of someone without their permission, 20% said they had done that. That would bother me. Yeah. Um, number seven, sexting someone, someone nude images. Huh. 20%. So what? One out of five people in this study had done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, posting it, revealing images or videos of yourself. 19% had done it. Um, arguing with a celebrity on social media. 19% claim they had. And then coming in 10th, we only have 10 of these, catfishing people or pretending to be someone else. 17% said they had done that. Now, some of these would just never cross my mind. <laughs> I think the New York Post may have had something to do with this study. And maybe it's they that organized it. All right. Today, let's see here. Today is National Kitten Day. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing. They go on, or if you're not a cat person, it's also National Pina Colada Day. Okay. Interesting items. Let's see here. McDonald's, the restaurant chain, right? Confirmed um, a new cookies and cream pie is going to be added to their menu. Come on now. There. Uh, let me get back on to where I was talking. McDonald's confirmed a new cookies and cream pie. And I guess it's coming or going to be introduced on July 14th, just a few days from now. They go on to say, though, but only at select locations for a limited time. Hmm. Well, I have no idea if it'll be available here or not. And then, uh, this they say just for a limited time. Um, my guess is, if it's popular at where they are offering it, send it to all the locations. They might, or they might put it on their menu permanently. Yeah, or both. Okay, I, I think um, the Today Show this morning maybe did a, a story about this. We have some officials down in Alabama who have uh, announced that they say at least four people have died in recent months due to a dumb TikTok trend. That's all this. And what is it? It's where you jump off a speeding boat into the water while it's 
traveling at a pretty good speed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. I hate to admit this. I have done it many, many years ago. But, uh, mercy, um, I recall it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you really get whacked when you oh, hit the yeah. water. Well, they, the thing that I saw yesterday or two days ago, whenever this first came out, the thing that I saw about that was, like, how they hit the water. They hit the water at, like, just a certain angle, and it breaks their neck, and that's why it, it kills them. Yeah. So. Well, I remember doing it once. Let's see, where was I? I think I was living in Hawaii at the time. And, uh, yeah, Hanama Bay. I remember now. Hanama Bay on the uh, island of Oahu, where Honolulu is located. All right, let's see here. A man in Wisconsin was sentenced Tuesday, no, no, last Thursday, for lying to the U.S. bankruptcy trustee about his replica of the General Lee, the 1969 Dodge Charger made famous in the Dukes of Hazard. I hope I say this name right, Bruce Pazinski, who's 57 years of age, was also accused of hiding a 1979 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am, which is similar to the model used in the film Smoking the Bandit 2. <laughs> Judge James Peterson sentenced Pazinski to three years probation and find him $1,000 for hiding the cars. I don't understand. Does this make sense to you? A little bit. But, I mean, hiding a car? Maybe because it's, like, not on his, like, taxes or so. I don't know. Oh. Well, I guess that could be it. Or he's not paying insurance on him or something. I don't know. 931. Good morning, folks. Welcome. Let's see here. Let me hit an update and see what the temperature is. We started at 69. It's now 73. And once again, our expected high today, 84. Um... Let's see, headlines. Um, in terms of um, top news, I guess, uh, the first headline says, The case that could be Fox's next dominion. Tucker Carlson, before he was sidelined by Fox, repeatedly endorsed a conspiracy theory about an Arizona man who may sue for defamation. 
And I guess those that follow legal matters say it would be a viable case. Hmm. On another story, Okeechobee, Lake Okeechobee, that's down in Florida. The headline reads, it's a toxic slime time. Well, um, on that lake, there's an electric green alga blooms are spreading, and it does this regularly, and it threatens wildlife, pets, people, and cities. And it's really going to town this year. I mean, it's really prolific. Is that the right word? Pro uh, well, anyway, and normally by this year, it's just starting. But it's gotten bad much earlier than normal. And it's, it's a problem down there. Let's see here. Another headline reads, The Afterlife of Forlorn Office Furniture. They go on. Some office furniture in the New York City area has been caught in a pandemic limbo. What happens to it if no one really wants it? Well... You know, <clears throat> I just recently went through something like this. As most of you have noticed, the building that the station lived in for most of its life, over 50 years or so, almost 70 actually, um, uh, was um, uh, recently uh, torn down. Before that occurred, uh, we had moved across the street. We moved from 300 Columbus Road to 223 Columbus Road. And um, we now occupy a building that formerly was held by the Atomic Credit Union. But uh, it's nice in here. Now, our old building was cool too, though. And it really has been stressful <laughs> for um, our alumni of people that used to work here over the years and we've had some wonderful folks uh, and even our current staff in many ways it was so sad um, in that building we had an, it was a larger space than we currently occupy not lots larger but a bit and we had um, lots of the furniture got moved over here, filing cabinets, equipment, obviously, um, broadcast equipment, all that sort of thing. But there were th some things that, um, as you folks may be aware, I sold the station uh, about four months ago. And... Um, 
there were some things the new owners didn't need or didn't move. And I went to some of our secondhand stores, if you will, and said, listen, I've got filing cabinets and stuff like that that um, I don't need and the new owner doesn't need and perhaps someone would like them. And could you come over and sort through the stuff and take it to, to your facility and resell them? I talked to, I think, five different organizations. And uh, it was right at the time that the students were leaving. So they were overwhelmed with stuff from students that were moving out of apartments or houses they were renting or whatever. So there was a little bit of hesitancy on the part of these companies. But finally, one or two did respond. Um, now, why am I telling this story? In New York City, when people relocate, um, they really have um, a lot of discarded stuff. And what stores that do offer secondhand items like that, they're full up. So, the New York Times has done a story about... Um, it just becomes scrap metal. And I know some of the things that we left behind eventually were just scrapped. Oh, well. Let's see. Here's a story in the New York Times that the editors have picked as something of interest. And it's, we're talking about sleep. And sleeping better at every age. And they go on to say, sleep needs shift throughout the lifespan. Experts offer tips to get more rest no matter how old you are. Um... I don't, I don't think I have trouble with sleeping. I do. Do you? Well, you may want to look into this story in the New York Times and see what, um, what suggestions they have for people your age. Oh, I guess there's a guest article about um, some drug that holds promise for cult survivors. That doesn't sound like a healthy thing to me. But they go on to say that some people have had some success with psychedelics. Uh, they're talking about psychedelic drugs as treatment. Again, the New York Times, if you'd like to read what they're getting at. Boy, we, we talked about New York a moment ago, and mercy, they had so much rain in a short period of time. It was like eight inches in, what, 
three hours or something like that. And we've seen pictures of cars that looked like they were just about to float, trying to make their way through um, just simple neighborhood streets. Yeah. I've never experienced that much at one time. Um, let's see. There's a video. And um, our Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, um, attended a meeting in Beijing, China. It lasted 10 hours. And it was, uh, she was meeting with Chinese officials there. And uh, after 10 hours of meeting, um, she held a very brief news conference. And basically, well, all she had to say was that two, the two nations would work to improve dialogue despite significant disagreements. Okay. Well, as we've said uh, many times, China has become a very dominant um, in, um, what, what am I trying to say, in, in finances internationally. Other world news, NATO tries to remember what it means to fight a European war. Supporting the Ukraine and clarifying its relationship with the alliance will be a dominant theme at the upcoming summit, the NATO summit. But NATO's efforts to strengthen its own defenses along with its eastern flank will also be key. You see, over in Paris, we had a, a suburb there, had a fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, this happened before. And as a result, France spent billions of euros to revive poor areas after the protests that ignited the clinchy Subway back in 2005. Well, now, amid another outpouring of rage, people want to know what went wrong. There's some real problems there. Mexico is next in the news. It says Mexico is taking steps to keep migrants from missing along the border. But as they flow into southern Mexico, the calm may be short-lived. Um, basically, Mexico is trying to assist the U.S. in restricting migrants leaving. But um, it's just not going well. The Southwest 
Banks with more heat on the way. Phoenix is one of those cities where they've just broken all sorts of records. In fact, here I see Phoenix could be on track to break its record of 18 consecutive days with temperatures above 110 as a heat drome has settled over the desert southwest. 110 degrees, 18 days now. Um, I think I mentioned last week sometime that um, uh, I have friends in Texas who have had 114 degrees several days in a row. And uh, one of her hobbies, if you will, maybe it's not a hobby, maybe it's actually a part of her work is honey. So she has beehives all over the place. And she often is called by officials when some beehive has established itself around or near somebody's home and they, you know, they're concerned about their kids or something mm -hmm. being stung. So she will go and move the hive. And uh, she, she knows a, an awful lot about that stuff. But um, 114, many days in a row. Okay. Oh, mercy. Here's a story out of the New Bedford Free Public Library. That's in Massachusetts. There was a book that was checked out of their library. And I guess they're not clear about the exact date, but it was either during 1904 or 1905. And a couple days ago, someone returned it to the library. <laughs> they must have come across some sort of uh, printing inside the cover or something that indicated it was owned by the public library. And um, they thought, well, let's, uh, let's return it. That's amazing. A hundred and twenty years ago, it was checked out, but recently returned. Um, let's see. Let's turn our attention to the topic of politics, if you will. Um, President Biden, who will attend a NATO summit in Europe this week, evidently said it was premature to allow the Ukraine to join the alliance as the war with Russia continues. He, he just doesn't think the Ukraine is ready for NATO membership. I don't know much about that stuff, but with all the advisors the president has, 
Um, I have to rely on their opinions. Let's see here. Nikki Haley makes her pitch in New Hampshire. Uh, the former South Carolina governor and United Nations ambassador is intensely focused on this state. Once again, New Hampshire. But they go on, her brand of politics may not resonate in the 2024 political climate. They're just not sure. It's unclear whether voters will swing. Um, let's move on to another story, Tuberville. Tuberville blockade over abortion policy threatens top military promotions. The Alabama Republicans bid to force the Pentagon to drop a policy ensuring access to abortion services for personnel could leave the Joint Chiefs of Staff with more temporary occupants than it has ever faced. You know, when you think of changing different rules, sometimes you don't think how it could affect this particular group or that particular group of people. And while the general concept, you know, I'm not trying to express my opinion, but while the general concept of preventing abortion and things like that may be popular, uh, did one ever think about people in the service and how it might affect them? Or some other group of people? You know, uh, it's so complicated. In you know, it does. Does it make it wrong? Does it make it right? Does it? I, I, I don't know. Well, let's see here. You know, the China and the United States—they're still adversaries. by the true definition. But, you know, they are talking. And that's a start of what could be a real improvement. Once again, the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, and we talked about this just a few moments ago, after 10 hours of meetings with Chinese officials. She went on to say the two sides would pursue more frequent communication despite their deep differences. Well, we'll try to follow up on that as, it, um, as the story unfolds. There's another kind of, I don't know, would you call it a rumor or something? Anyway, there's been some hints that President Biden 
would like to try to cancel student debt. And that might be the focus of one of his uh, next proposals. Um, now, the, the, the administration has a compromise and settlement power. And that was strengthened a bit by the Higher Education Act back in 1965. But uh, nobody ever questioned how it could act. Like, could it be used? to forgive people for, of their student debts. Uh, I think most people would say in 1965 that had not been the thought. But now there are parties thinking about it. Okay. Let's see. Okay, here's a headline. This is in the topics of uh, technology. Dejana, Dejuna. I don't know how it's pronounced. In Dejuna's space elevator sci-fi, corporate conspiracies abound. South Korea's author's first novel to be translated into English pits a multinational conglomerate against life on Earth. Wow. Sounds heavy. <laughs> Here's another technology item. It says, don't use AI, that's artificial intelligence, to cheat in school is better for studying. Generative AI tools can annotate long documents, make flashcards, and produce practice quizzes. But they're saying it's better if you use it for studying. Uh, I have so much to learn about that topic. Don't we all? But that's um, in the news at this point. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's threads poses a con conundrum for regulators. We're talking about Meta. Meta's new rival to Twitter has been hugely popular among consumers, but raises awkward questions about how big tech companies expand. Let's see here. In sports, this headline says they caught the fish but the $3.5 million prize got away. They go on to say the guys aboard Sensations celebrated like lottery winners when they boated a monster marlin in the last hours of the fishing tournament. 
but the party ended when they got back to shore. I don't know what they're talking about. Do you know this one? No. Well, see if you can find it. We've got about three minutes remaining. Um, let's see here. We've got some tennis stories. We've got some baseball stories. Um, here's a headline. Is Aretha Franklin's true will the one found in the couch or a cabinet? So there's a trial starting today. And it's to decide whether either of two handwritten documents represents the singer's last wishes. Her sons have battled in court for years over this question. But finally, it's going to go to trial. <sighs> I found out why that okay. fish. What about this fish? It was disqualified because... The fish was, or the marlin was mutilated. It means it was bitten by a shark or another animal. Oh. Okay. So they really didn't have an exact weight, eh? No. Okay. But their guesstimate is that it was extremely heavy and would have won had it been intact. All right. Um, oh, I forgot to mention when we talked about that flash flooding in New York, there was a woman who died. She was swept away um, and, and drowned. Um, yeah. Well, let's see here. I guess we've done well enough here. Uh, Weather-wise, let me do another update here. Uh, we've gained another two degrees. We're now up to 75. And once again, as I've said before on the show today, 84 is our expected high. Sunny all day long. And um, let's see, they say the peak, this 84, might be around 5 p.m. Then it starts to fall off a bit. Our low overnight, if I see this right, 58. And that would occur around 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. All right, once again, our topic tomorrow will be the Athens County Public Library. And I think their headquarters is up in Nelsonville. Becca Lockman will be joining us live. And while we're at looking on the calendar here, Jim Saltzman and Anna XL will be on the topic of Southeast Ohio Youth Mentoring, and that'll be on Wednesday. And then the Dairy Barn is our topic with its executive director, Director Leah, on Thursday. Take care out there, folks, and be safe. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.3 FM. W-A-T-H.